What's up, friends and family from <laughs> Bourbon Girl Talk Land? It's your boy, Randy, Randy Sullivan here, coming at you again. And today we have a very special episode for you guys. With another top 10 list. Let's just get right into it. Bourbon Real Talk watchers and listeners, Lindsay Sullivan here with a very special episode of Bourbon Real Talk featuring the host of Bourbon Real Talk, Randall Sullivan, or Randy as I call him. Um, we're flipping the script for Father's Day. Um, so me and the kids are going to be asking them some questions, sipping some wine and some whiskey. Um, and here we go. Here we go. Let's here see it. Go. Okay. So um, I sourced some questions mm -hmm. from the Someone Say Whiskey community. They were very helpful because I had no idea how to interview a podcaster. Mm -hmm. um, and because we're talking about the kids, one of the things people wanted to know is, um, do we have a special pour for each of our children for their 21st birthday? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, we do. So the regular listeners know this, but... Um, this is a uh, John E. Fitzgerald that was a one-time release uh, by Heaven Hill. I bought it, and when I got it home, I decided this would be the one that I'd keep for our son, Deegan. Uh, and that one has an interesting backstory because it's named after a, a IRS revenue agent uh, that had the keys to the distillery that used to still all the best whiskey out of the barrels. So. They, uh, they created the Larceny brand after his name and whatnot. And then uh, this is a bottle of 2004 Chateau Lafleur uh, of Pomerol. So this is a uh, Bordeaux. Do you want to tell the whole story? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to be careful what I say because yeah. people will see this. But uh, years and years ago, I used to collect wine. And I would go into a wine store and I'd peruse all their shelves and I would take notes of everything that they had and what the prices were and I'd go home and I'd do research. And back then I didn't have an extra $40 to pay for a bottle of wine. And so I would take the time to research a $40 bottle. I'd save up for it and then, and then I'd buy it. And um, so I, I go into the store and I'm going through that process and I see uh, that bottle in their wine cellar. And it was $40. And I remembered thinking, that doesn't seem right. But I mean, you can't memorize every chateau from Bordeaux. But I, I, I recognized the name. So I went home and I Googled it. And I, I, I couldn't find the bottle for less than $700. And I'm like, it was 40 bucks. It's crazy. And so I, I was so convinced that I had something wrong that I drove back up to the store to look at the bottle again. Then I drove back home and Googled. This is before smartphones. Of and so I Googled it and I'm looking at the picture and it's the same bottle that's for 40 bucks, but I can't find it for less than, actually I found it for 495. That was the cheapest I found it for. I'm like, oh my God. So I called the, 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 the guy in charge of wine at the store and I was like, hey, how many of those do you have? Um, I want all of them. And I go back up there. <clears throat> he says, hey, Inventory should be at six, but we only have four. Um, or I can only find four. And I said, well, I'll take all four. 
And he takes me up to the cash register and I have an attack of conscience and I say, hey, you know, let you know, I think this wine might be mismarked because it's 40 bucks, but I'm, I, I can't find it for less than 500. And it was New Year's Eve and he had tons of customers coming in buying champagne and he was busy. And he was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, as he walked away. And I was like, hey, conscience cleared. I bought all four bottles. I get home. I'm looking on the internet. I'm looking at the bottle. I can't believe it. I'm calling my friends that drink wine. They can't believe it. It's mind blowing. I go back into that the store that I bought the wine at, and the guy that sold it to me came up and banned me from that store for life. Called me a thief. And it's the only time anyone who's ever called me a thief in my entire life. I was so upset I didn't sleep for days. Those are the two bottles that we're keeping for our kids. The Chateau Lafleur for our daughter and the Johnny Fitzgerald for our son. Which, I mean, in all honesty, they'll probably hate it, but we'll love it. We'll love it. Yeah, we'll it's going it. to be great. It'll be great. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I probably won't like the Johnny Fitzgerald because <laughs> yeah. it's so high age. I mean, it probably just that. tastes like oak, but we'll yeah. see. I That's the that's one bottle that I won't open and I haven't yeah. tried. I found it in a bar once, but their bottle was empty. So. And he's 14. We've got we've got some time to go. Got some time. We'll see. And she's, what, she'll be 17 this year, so we've yeah. got some time to go still. Sorry, Bourbon Real Talk listener. Randy Sullivan coming in for a quick shameless merch plug. If you want to support this channel, you can do so. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can. We do not have a Patreon like some of my counterparts. No disrespect, but I don't like to ask you guys directly for money. And I also don't allow any sponsors of the show because I want to be independent to share my opinion with you without anybody putting any pressure on me. So if you would like to get some merch, here's some of the things we have to offer. We have Bourbon Real Talk lanyards. So if you check this out, if you've ever been to a bottle share before, you need to communicate with people, shake hands, do whatever, pick up another bottle, get another pour, this thing is clutch. Secondly, we have the Bourbon Real Talk official Glen glass. This is a tulip-shaped glass that's going to help you nose and really enjoy the characteristics of your whiskey. Next up, we have the Wee tasting glass. So this is roughly half the size of a full-size glass. This is something very special because on the market there were only two sizes of this glass and we created a third because my wife, Lindsay, check out episode 100, is an amazing person who can source things and make things come out of nowhere. If you ever go to a tasting and you want to be able to sample a lot of things, but you don't want to drink too much whiskey, you need one of these smaller glasses. Now, a lot of people think candles are just for women, but that's not true. Men like good smells too. And we've produced a line of masculine smelling candles for anybody out there that's interested in that. We've got leather and charcoal and tonka for you guys. Now, as you get more involved in the whiskey collecting game, you're going to make friends and you guys are going to trade samples and you need a beautiful solid wood storage case to keep them in because otherwise they're just going to clutter up your shelves. We have two sizes, one for one ounce sample bottles and one for two ounce sample bottles. But if you really want to step your whiskey game up, what you need is an American Whiskey Aroma Kit bourbon real talk official this has 36 separate scents inside of it that are going to help you develop your whiskey palette you can sit down with a dram break it down to its components take your whiskey review level to the next step this kit is used at two major kentucky distilleries i can't disclose but one of them has confirmed that they use this to train their sensory team so if you want to take your whiskey game to the next level you need to pick up one of these american whiskey aroma kits but if you didn't see anything that you liked here, that's fine. It's okay. 
We're just glad to educate you. We love to have you as a listener. Lots of really good questions. I don't think that I can even get to all of them. But along the lines of our kids and alcohol. Because this um, is the Father's Day episode. This is the Father's Day episode. So someone <laughs> asked how we handle having teenagers and all of this alcohol in the house. Um, I, I mean, that's a, it, and I don't want to sound like the naive parent, um, but we've, we've never really held anything back from our kids. So as a result, I feel like it's knocked back a lot of the curiosity. And I don't want to be the naive parent that says that, you know, like my kids would never whatever. Sure. Um, because I, I, I realized at some point that they're going to start making those decisions, but so far they haven't really shown much interest in, yeah. in that type of thing. And so, it, you know, I, I make a point to not overindulge. I mean, I, I've been pretty brutally honest with everybody that I drink. It, to, I drink every day. I mean, there are days that I don't drink, but it's, that's pretty rare. Um, and so, but, but I never drink so much that I don't feel comfortable driving. Right. Um, and, and so my kids see that modeling of responsible drinking and my daughter's 16 and you know, I've, I've shared with her, look, and I've shared with my son too. I said, Hey, if you're curious, let me know. We'll talk about, you know, whether or not you can try something like this. Um, but whatever you do, I don't want you to try it on your own because you don't know what you're doing. And you know, it, it, it could have some pretty major consequences. And so, so far we haven't really locked up the collection. It's, it's generally accessible to them. It's coming though. It's coming. And, and it's more so coming, not because I don't trust our kids or because I think that our kids would do something that would be life threatening or anything like that. But, you know, as they get older and their circle of friends grows, you know, who knows who's going to be here. So that's part of the reason why we've decided to change the setup of our house. Cause right now we're in our game room, which you can see the display in the game room. This is never, it's it can't be locked out. up. Yeah. Um, we're going to switch everything into the media room where we can lock the doors and make sure that there's no access. Someone on the thread mentioned like, I didn't know that my kids had been hitting my vodka until I went to get it out of the freezer and it was frozen solid. Right. Like, right. They'd been replacing the vodka with water. Um, and I've literally joked with the kids. I was like, I swear to God, if, if you drink some <laughs> of my whiskey, we can work that out. But if you put water in it, it's, it's going to be, be a problem. problem. <laughs> so since since this is the Father's Day episode, yes. um, and I know our kids are a little bit nervous, do you want to like slide out of the way and let the kids get in here and ask some questions? That'd be great. Awesome. Let's hook it up. I can have it. All right. Do you have any questions? <laughs> yeah, you go first. Me? Yeah. Um, the people would like to know. <laughs> Which people? The people. The, the people. general people? The people. Have the you people. been talking to the people? <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. Um, they would like to know. Uh huh. Um, how has what has raising a woman taught you about women? Oh, uh, that's an excellent question. Um, so I was kind of a sexist pig, I think, when I was uh, a teenage boy. For sure. Uh, yeah. Um, you, independent confirmation here for all the Bourbon Real Talk uh, listeners. 
uh, obviously that changed before I met your mother and became a Christian and all that stuff. But um, honestly, when when I found out your mother was pregnant, I wanted to have a daughter first because I was worried that if I had a son first, that I would just fall into the tradition of our family of like machismo and it, it just not necessarily hundred percent positive things. And I felt like if I had a daughter that it would help me to see the other side of the world. And I really do feel like it did. And I have way more murderous thoughts, um, than I ever did before on account of my desire to protect you, uh, mostly from boys like me. Okay, what has surprised you about raising us? So when you're a child, you love your parents and you, you think that you, when you see representations of love in television or you hear it in songs, or even when your parents tell you that they love you, you think you understand what those things mean because you you love your parent and you know what love feels like. And then you get married and you realize, oh, there's this whole other level of love and commitment and the feeling of an overwhelming obligation that you feel that's different than familial love, right? Then you have a child and you look at that child and it's defenseless and it relies upon you 100%. And you go, oh my God. Like there's a whole nother level of love, a whole nother level of obligation, commitment, willingness to die that I, I just... I didn't know was a thing. And then you look back on when your parents told you that they loved you and you said, I love you too. And you thought you meant the same thing. And you realize we didn't mean the same thing, right? There's this whole other level. And so I, I think that raising you two helped me to learn really what love and commitment really are. Okay, so what advice would you give us that you haven't already given us? Ooh, that's interesting. Cause I give you guys a lot of unsolicited advice. Yes. <laughs> I think that if you ask me the question, what have I not taught you about? It, there are things that I haven't talked with you about because I don't, because I'm very candid with you guys and I share with you my thoughts pretty much all the time, but you're getting closer to an age where there would be like relationship advice or even advice about like vices, like drinking, you know, smoking, drugs, things like that, that, you know, so far the advice has just been like, stay away, right? But when you go to college, you're gonna get exposed to some of those things and the advice would be different from just stay away because I know you're not likely to completely abstain from those things. And so it, 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 
the reasons why I can't give a specific answer are the same reasons why I haven't shared that information with you yet, because you're not at that stage of life yet, but it has to do with the more adult like experiences that you're about to have as you age. And I feel like I'll be there to share that information when the time comes. Okay. What are your three happiest moments in your life so far? Three happiest moments. I, I see, I ask people, uh, happiest and worst, uh, questions all the time. And I am wholly unaware of how uncomfortable it is <laughs> to try to answer that question. When I, I think back on my life, I mean, there's been so many instances where I experienced, you know, true joy. Um, I'm not sure that it's a moment per se, like an instant in time. Um, but I would say that it's more of a season of time. And that is um, probably the last six months with your mother. Because we always had so much, like we have a very tumultuous <laughs> relationship uh, where we, you know, argue and fight about a lot of things. And it wasn't really until this podcast and her sourcing the merch and her helping with the things that I'm involved with in the whiskey community that, and, and she is no longer working her full-time job and her full-time job is to deal with, you know, merchandise sales and sourcing and all of that stuff that I really felt like we were a team. Right. And so that's, that's really Probably if you say, you know, what's, what's the happiest season of your life? It's probably that, um, another, a second would be when we lived in Austin. So, um, I had taken a job with a real estate education company down in Austin. We were only down there for about a year, but it was one of those jobs where I worked, you know, I, I got to the office at seven and I didn't leave until six Monday through Friday. But Saturday and Sunday, I never had to do anything unless I happened to be traveling and it was Austin. So there was all kinds of outdoor things. And for the first time we were making a little bit more money and we had some disposable income and every weekend we went to go do something with you guys. Like, I don't know how many zoos we went to when y'all were little, <laughs> but it was a lot and I love animals. And so we went to so many zoos that you guys got to the point where you were just like, ugh, like not another zoo, uh, but you asked for three. So I would say the third would probably be our trip to San Diego. Like everything about that was just like, you know, super low stress when, when it was just our family and we went to the tide pools and we saw the octopus and we saw all of the sea anemones and we, we went to that aquarium and we, we saw the animals there and all the great food. Um, and my favorite part of the entire trip was cooking s'mores on the beach, which was oh, yeah. like stupid, right? Because I mean, we were doing like some really expensive high dollar stuff. And then we went to Publix and got like a cord of, uh, not a cord, but a couple of pieces of firewood and some starter blocks and everything you need to make more spores. And we were staying on a, 
on the lagoon side and we could walk out of our hotel rooms back window or sliding glass window and walk out on the beach and there were fire pits and we started a fire and we just I watched Deegan play in the fire and we made s'mores and it was and we lit so many matches. Yeah. Oh, Sister used like three whole match boxes. So many matches, yeah. Just um, put it right in the sand. So I'm I'm gonna call that my top three. I'm not I'm and I don't mean to exclude any experiences that we had with anybody else that might be watching, but when you asked me, those are the three that popped to mind. So all right, so what are the, <laughs> what other questions you got from the field? Okay. Okay, there's lots of questions from someone say whiskey, and I don't even know how to field through all of them. Okay. Um, someone did ask. Yeah. What would you consider the 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 low points of everything that's you know happened with whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. Whiskey club, whiskey community, all all things whiskey, all the things that have happened to us, whiskey. What what are the low points? And what is the high point of the whiskey community hmm. while I drink your Van Winkle? You didn't promise to make me cry. <gasps> um, low point, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared for when I started the podcast for the backlash from the mm-hmm. people that were like... I, I mean, I considered them friends, but I guess we we're just acquaintances of people who knew me from the whiskey community. I just, I just wasn't prepared. And what happened when I started producing content and releasing it is that people formed kind of factions, mm-hmm. right? And they would, they would talk about what it was that I was doing, but they didn't tell me that they had a problem with it. And then I would naively see these people in public and I would go up and be like, hey, guys, what you drinking? You want to try this? And blah, blah, blah. And, and I was a joke to them. Sure. It started to affect the club, Someone Say Whiskey. And Rodney, the co-founder, <clears throat> came to me and he's like, hey, um, everyone hates you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Everyone hates me. Like, I'm going to lunch with all these people. I'm like hanging out. What do you mean everyone hates me? And he's like, bro, like I'm your friend. It's hard for me to say this, but you know I'm the kind of friend that's gonna tell you the truth. I've been asking, even people that you think you're close friends with, they're all talking shit about you. And I just, I didn't know what to do with that information. I'm very introspective. And so I, I started to consider whether or not what people were saying about me might be true. And so when somebody would say like, oh, well, you're, you're a self-promoter, right? And I'd go, okay, well, who the hell does all of this to produce a podcast and doesn't hope that someone watches it, right? Like, of course I'm a self-promoter. Like, what else am I going to do? But people treated me like it was for, like, ill-gotten gain. 
like I was trying to take advantage of the community for my own personal benefit. And I would tell people like, well, maybe that's true. If it is, I don't, I'm not conscious of it. But if I'm as evil as you think I am, maybe I'm doing it and I don't realize it. And I had to consider that all of the negative things that people were saying about me may have been true. And so there were some very difficult changes that I had to make, and I still struggle with it today. High points? God, there's so many high points, it'd be hard to pick one out. Um, We've met so many amazing people. So many amazing people. Um, you know, I mean, every everybody that I've met that's, you know, a luminary in the whiskey community, it's just been a great experience. The joke's about me tasting bananas and whiskey, <laughs> right? Like, it's been great. I mean, like, we we had a bag of banana runts that, yeah, that were given to you. By David Whitmer, the master yes. distiller from MGPI. Yes, yeah. and they were hiding in the cabinet. And I noticed that the bag kept getting smaller and smaller. And I realized that our nieces were open, like, there's 200 open bottles of whiskey. And my nieces were opening the whiskey closet and stealing the runs. Stealing the runs, yeah. And they ate every last bit of the runs. But yeah, like, you know, the, the, the reveal of David Whitmer saying, hey, I got you a gift and we're recording and I opened it up and it's, it's a bag runs. of banana runs yeah. and that's hilarious. Or, you know, I picked a, a um, uh, Kentucky spirit with Eddie Russell um, and him making jokes about me tasting banana and whiskey or you know one of the greatest experiences was with with uh, Freddie uh, Johnson and we had a, a zoom call scheduled with him for someone say whiskey and we had a planning call the night before we ended up being on the call for three hours we're just sitting there drinking and he's telling stories that I've never heard in any of his podcasts or documentaries and he got pretty personal to the point that the next day when we did the call, Rodney and I tried to prompt him with questions to get him to tell the same stories, and he wouldn't do it, yeah. right? And, and, and I'll, I'll end with this. Um, we went to Kentucky, and I was supposed to interview Freddie. Mm -hmm. And he had scheduled a, a, for our club to meet him for drinks, and he just didn't show up. He picked the date, the time, the location. He just didn't show up. He didn't respond to any of the messages that we had sent him. And so when we went to Buffalo Trace to pick the barrel, he showed up to the tasting. And that's kind of my pet peeve is people ghosting appointments. And so I went up to him and I was like, hey, you know, what, what happened? And he shared with me why he wasn't able to make it. And it was very personal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the kind of information that you would share with a fan or a stranger. Sure. And there was a very good reason why he, he was unable to make it. And he explained that um, in addition to his reason that he had been hacked and that people had been sending messages out from his accounts as if it was a Buffalo Trace official message. And so their PR department said like, hey, back off of social media. And that's why he didn't see our messages asking right. him questions. And he said, hey, you know, I do want to do your podcast. I'm sorry about all this. I only respond to messages from people who are saved on my phone. So send me your number. I'm going to save you and I'm going to give you my cell phone number. From now on, let's talk via text. And when I, you know, a few days later, I had gotten home from Kentucky and I'm sitting there 
and I get a text message from Freddie Johnson with an update about what all had gone on. And I just realized like, this is a community. And this stuff is a whole lot bigger than just drinking and getting drunk or whatever people right. think that it is. This is about connection. And mm -hmm. so there's been so many great experiences interviewing Dwayne Poor, mm -hmm. um, Nancy Fraley. I just, her laugh, I can't, I so I can't get enough of, of Nancy Fraley's laugh. Yeah. Um, Marsha Licorice, I'd kill a stranger for you. I tell you that every time I see yeah, you. Sure. Um, the, the whole Licorice family, everything they've done for us, I mean, and, um, and all, all of someone's a whiskey, like every time I meet someone and this is really hard for me to be on camera and people will come up to me and say, I really loved the episode that you did and you guys were real and you like did your thing. We're going to hit it, but thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I just, people are so gracious and so kind. And I, I can't say enough about this, you know, the, the community that, that we have around us. Sure. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Okay. So if this is your first time watching and you made it this far, one, I'm proud of you. <laughs> you I'm proud it. of you. You made, you made it. it. Um, two, I want to talk about the show philosophy. We talked a lot about, you know, whiskey bringing people together. That's the purpose of this podcast. Um, I, I did lose a loved one to suicide a few years ago, and I realized that there are people all around us who feel separated and disconnected, and they feel unloved. And I hope that this podcast will get you connected to whiskey, and that whiskey will get you connected to a community so that you understand that you're not alone, that you are loved. Um, and Can I add to that? Yeah, you can. Go ahead. So we, we talked about this. This is also going to air um during pride month it's mm -hmm. june it's june yeah it's um, father's day episode yeah it's the father's day episode um 40 percent 40 percent of the lgbtq um youth between the age of 10 and 24 attempt suicide at some point in their life um and suicide is obviously something that's very close to us mm -hmm. um and i was hoping that i could get through this without getting weepy but if you're in the lgbt community and your family has turned away from you, and you don't have a family. You've got a mom and dad, sister, brother, and an uncle here. Um, we will stand with you, we will go to your wedding. We will show up at a birthday party. You just have to let us know. Mm -hmm. So, along that vein, mm -hmm. if you woke up this morning and you were unsure if anyone loved you, know that we love you. We'll, we'll see, see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Talk.